You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, pod lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello. In this week's episode, Pepper Podcasting. Will Apple take a bite of Patreon? The Spotify pixel is here. Elon gets dragged through the town square. iHeartMedia bands chatbot, and we go behind the podcast with Scamander producer Jackson McLennan. Okay, and welcome to another week of Behind the Podcast with Jules and Stocks. Stocks is in fact away this week and for the next couple of weeks. I'm joined here with Mandy, super producer of the show. Thank you. Hello. Yeah, the big brains has left the building, so you're stuck with me for another week. But excited because later on uh, in this episode, we're going to chat to the producer of the hit podcast series Scamander, which seems to be everywhere at the moment. Yeah, awesome. This is really exciting. So we haven't done an interview for a while, so we'll have to dust off the cobwebs. (laughs) But look, it's definitely one that's been getting a bit of press and and one that we spoke about in our uh, little chat about scams podcast the other day. Yeah, I've been binging that. So it will be really good to speak to producer Jackson about that. I used to know him in a former life in radio. So yeah, he's moved to LA and is doing these big things with Lionsgate. So it'll be very cool chat. Hang around for that one. But in the meantime, why don't we do a quick little skim across the news in podcasting world? Absolutely. And one that I'm sure you're going to get across because you have a two-year-old and a newborn in your household is Peppa Pig. Are you fans of Peppa Pig? I know of Peppa Pig. We are very, very strongly trying to keep away from Peppa Pig. Oh, why? What's the theory there? I think it's just uh, slightly demonic. Uh, It's (laughs) been really kind of created by marketing companies to just hit every little tweak and trigger that that sets off yeah. kids and makes them just want to buy all the products and yeah right okay. I don't know the voices the whole thing it's just it doesn't have the heart and soul of of you know our favorite bluey yeah um it also the the father in it is just a bit of a slob really and isn't a sort of really you know good not a positive role model not at all Whereas our favourite Bluey, I mean, this thing has just got so much heart and the dad's fantastic, the mum's fantastic, you know, the family's really supportive of each other. It's awesome. Um, But yeah, I mean, it really pulls at the heartstrings. And the recent episode, I've had a few friends who've, who've written about this as well. It's just... It's it's called Cricket. It's about one of the sort of sub-characters, Rusty, and his love affair with Cricket and how good he is. But, <laughs> Jesus, if you're not in tears by the end of this episode, there is something a little bit wrong with you. Jules Batstone, did you times. cry? Did I you cry? Bald both times. Oh, my God, I love this. Bluey is making grown <laughs> men cry. Absolutely. It's not the first time for old Bluey, so, yeah. Oh, take that, Peppa Pig. <laughs> but Peppa Pig is coming out as a podcast on Audible. So that is going to go off. And and I think there is this sort of trend now, isn't there, the audio for kids? Yeah, definitely. I think even, you know, you get in the car and we, we whack on uh, Spotify and start listening to podcasts or whatever. And, and you know, Margot, who doesn't say too much at the moment because she's still only two years old, will mm. be demanding uh, Bluey songs and all this sort of thing. So mm. it definitely gets into their head and they know what's happening. So they, they, they're making the requests. And also I was thinking just about bedtime as well, you know, to put on uh, an audio book or a, a, something that speaks to the kids as they're trying. Yeah, that's right. So you can do your normal stories and then if they're still not going to sleep, put on something for them to listen to. She doesn't have to hear dad's terrible voices. Give us your best Peppa Pig. Oh, God, I wouldn't even know where to start with that one. <laughs> but certainly Bluey, I can say. It's rude. 
So this I thought was really interesting. So if anyone's been kind of following the strikes that are happening over in the US, uh, the Writers Guild of America, um, they've been striking, you know, basically anytime there's a new technology or something like this that comes out, the Mm. Writers Guild has to get together and say, how does this impact us? And are we being fairly compensated for the work that we're doing, given, you know, that there's now this whole new revenue opportunity for the studios and what have you? Mm. They should be getting a bit of that as well. So with all of the streaming that's going on, it's very much changed the model for writers. And and they're striking just trying to get, you know, equitable deals in, in that regard. But how does this affect podcasting? I can hear your your brain spinning there, Mandy. Well, <laughs> I found this quite interesting. And is what they're doing? They're saying if 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 writers are working on non-fictional shows, it has no impact. Everything just goes you know par for the course. But what they're trying to do is stop studios from TV and film studios from using podcasts as a way to develop new projects currently and get around the strike that's going on. So no one's writing at the moment. Everyone's, you know, got the picket line going. Mm. But they've decided there could be a potential little loophole here. If you want to say, great, we've got this new idea for a show. We can't do anything while the strike's on for the next God knows how long. But we can hire people to write a podcast because it's not really affected by this. So it's pretty sneaky little stuff there. Yeah, of course, we've seen this with Homecoming uh, podcast, which uh, a fiction podcast. I don't normally listen to fiction, but I had to listen to that. That's been on TV now for a while, David Schwimmer. Yeah, on the podcast. And and uh, the, the main stars for the show were Julia Roberts That's in right. season one. And then Janelle Monet, who everyone might know from the, uh, the recent Glass Onion uh, oh, yeah. Knives Out show. It's definitely a, a loophole. So now all those writers are really stuffed. Yeah, well, I think some of those older shows, I mean, they have been not necessarily like an intentional breeding ground, but it's certainly been a way to create content and put a lot of budget into an audio uh, show is still a fraction of the cost of, mm. of creating a TV show. So if it gets up and it, get, and it gets some follows and listens and everything, it's a bit of a testing ground. So mm. I think, you know, that was probably more of an organic um, example, whereas like now they're like saying, okay, this is a way around this. Let's really actually use this strategy you know, this strategy to, to get past the strike. And the, the strike doesn't look like it's ending anytime soon, no, does it? No, that's right. I mean, at least they've caught this one and maybe they can nip it in the bud. I found a tweet uh, by a chap called Tim Sweeney. Apple is coming for money transfer and funding apps like Damas, Patreon, Venmo, maybe even PenPal and Stripe. If digital goods may be somehow involved in the transfer, they now want 30%. Now, you and Stocks have talked about this before mm. on the podcast, but if Apple can tax this, they can tax digital banking payroll on anything else. Obviously, podcasters do like to have subscription-based yep. pods as either a complementary part of their podcast series or potentially just completely completely, uh, subscription-based. So Apple just flexing their their mighty muscle. Yeah, totally. The implications beyond podcasting are quite significant. As you mentioned, digital banking, payroll, those sorts of things. I mean, that could end up having massive impact. Mm. Now, the accountancy section of this show is one that doesn't get a whole lot of likes, so we'll (laughs) probably just skip right past that. But the impact of... Uh, what this means for podcasting, you know, some, a service like Patreon, they're getting small amounts of money. You know, mm. a subscriber might pay $10 a month kind if of that. max. Yeah, yeah, they're really not asking for too much. And to have that then be taxed at 30% is is huge. And it, mm. it sort of seems quite 
I don't know, like mean-spirited. Can you say that in the in the world of economics and whatever? And but giant corporations. Yeah, well, exactly. yeah, it does though. So hopefully they just give a bit of a, a break to the great content creators out there, and they can try and make a couple of humble bucks. Now, just quickly as a sidebar to that, I didn't know what Damus was, so I looked it up because it was mentioned in this tweet. Mm. Turns out that it's a social network that you can control yourself. So basically encrypted end to end, no registration required, which I find really interesting. So it doesn't require a phone number. Either email or a name. You can mm. get started straight away. Um, no servers, programmable, and you can earn money by tipping your friends' posts and stacking your, st- your stats with Bitcoin and all sorts of things. Okay, so a lot of transactional moments in there, which could Absolutely. be right for the taxon. So what would a week be without a little bit of Spotify chat? They've better, had a big announcement this week. They've launched their ad analytics platform, which is going to be replacing uh, the incumbent pod sites platform that mm-hmm. they have. So this is pretty good. I mean, you know, primarily targeting marketers. So they, they're going to be able to see how effective their campaigns have been across uh, podcasts and, and music as well on Spotify. So it's not just on podcasts. It's anywhere where they're advertising. Mm-hmm. Now, according to the Spotify website, the tool consists of an all-in-one centralized database um, and also gets gets first-party listener data by use of the Spotify Pixel. So anyone who's been in digital marketing for any time will know the Facebook Pixel. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that a little bit of JavaScript code that you put into the site or or what have you, and it essentially follows users around from then. That's why you get consistent ads that you see of things that you've looked at at some point keep on popping back up and you see them again and again and again. And This is a big step forward in podcasting, advertising and attribution because, you know, formally it was you'd have a native read put it out there. There's a, there's a discount code or something like that. And that would be the really only way to see, you know, if people are actually engaging with your ads and taking something from it and, and moving further down that funnel. But with with this pixel, you know, it might not be the direct next action you do that goes to the, what's being advertised, but you might get there somewhere along the line. And it's having that kind of recall, I suppose, from the ad. And it's that proof point that, yes, they listened to that at some point, but the closing the loop didn't happen, you know, in the day. To down the track. Ha- yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, because we listen to podcasts when we're on the go and we're driving and things like that. So you, you're not necessarily going to write it down or whatever. So I I know myself, I've gone back to the ad of a particular podcast just yeah. to find the discount code <laughs> um, or to hear again what the brand name was that I just wanted to look it up or yeah. whatever. Well, Spotify is planning to bring out the ad analytics at, at the Cannes uh, Line Film Festival next week. Oh, how posh. Yeah. So they're holding a series of tours. Uh, which they'll be having, obviously, Daniel Eck, amongst others, but going to be interviewed by Trevor Noah, which is big. So, yeah, I think we'll keep an eye on that because no doubt there's going to be some big announcements there. Oh, I do love a little bit of Elon Goss. What have you got? Yeah, a funny little tweet that came over our desk over the week. So Elon wants one of his favorite podcasts to publish on Twitter. He had a bit of an awkward interaction with the creator (laughs) of the Fall of Civilization podcast, which apparently is a podcast that he and and his partner Grimes listen to on the reg. Now he's trying to (laughs) encourage him to come over and, and place his podcast on the platform. So he tweeted, just a simple request, please upload your podcast to this platform too. But the show's creator, Paul Cooper, wasn't too keen on that. He responded, hi, Elon. At present, the platform is too compromised for me to consider it. It has become a safe haven for hate speech. And meanwhile, crypto scammers and bots are paying to be boosted to the top of replies. Everything that once made Twitter special seems to be leeching away. So, wow. yeah. A simple no might have done the trick for Elon, but we got that instead. <laughs> I love that every interaction Elon has is awkward and it that he is. just does, he just continues to do it publicly. Yeah, so good on you. 
Now, the final little bit of uh, interesting news this week coming from iHeartMedia. So this isn't sort of, we're not going to go too in-depth on this one, but it is just to say that they're telling their employees to steer clear of ChatGPT. So, yeah, anyone who's working there, they're not going to be able to use Chatbot on the company devices um, according to an internal memo that's gone around. So obviously all of the AI stuff has just really come into popularity recently. I know personally with my work, we've got, you know, the legal team have looked across some of the platforms and they've given the okay to some, the non-okay to others. And and particularly around things like image generation. Yep. Where it's just very difficult to to regulate any copyright infringements that might occur mm. because essentially what you're doing is you're pulling different parts of images and piecing them together to make this kind of new thing. Now, if it's showing a significant amount of someone's work, then hey, they should be they should be compensated for that. So I suspect that the iHeartMedia legal team has probably had a similar uh, thought with ChatGPT, mm. and if people are just writing scripts using ChatGPT or what have you, mm. it could be pulling in for some misinformation or, or things like that that's going to leave them potentially open to a little bit of uh, interrogation. I suppose, too, it's a sort of a blanket statement to say, let's steer clear of it while we sort out yeah. how we're going to use it or when we're going to use it, like you say, like your yeah. company's done, you kind of have to have a good hard look at it all. And we're seeing this on the news anyway. We're seeing this everywhere. People are going, hey, I think we need some regulation yeah, around yeah, this. Yeah, let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Let's just pump the brakes until we know what we're dealing with otherwise the robots are going to rule the world absolutely and we get into that horrible terminator situation that we've all been fearing for quite some time (laughs) can you do a terminator (laughs) i'll be back with that one Well, I'm a bit excited, Jules, because last week you and Stocks talking about scamming podcasts, talking about Scamander, which I think has been at the number one spot on Apple Podcasts now for a while, well, a week or two. And I realised that I knew the producer because he's an old radio mate of mine. I've tracked him down. He's in LA, cinematographer, audio engineer, producer extraordinaire, Jackson McLennan. Hello and welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Hello from from gloomy LA at the moment. It's not as sunny as it normally is, unfortunately. Well, it's winter in Australia, so you're not missing much. (laughs) You're not missing much. So, Jackson, congratulations. Scamander is is everywhere at the moment. It's crazy. It's been, uh, I mean, we put it together. I kind of, you know, going into it, you kind of have an idea about a a show, right? And I was like, people are going to, you know, connect with this, I think. But it was still it's still been crazy to see just how much people have kind of reacted to mm. it and it's like it's number 1 halfway across the world it's australia new mm. zealand ireland uk america it's crazy i mean you know it's good and, and you know i'm glad we're getting it out there and and the story out there but um yeah it, it's it's kind of wild yeah so can i ask just from a producer's point of view because i i'm i'm kind of curious from that uh, actual yeah. construction side of things how yep. long does it take to create this? So uh, I started at Lionsgate Sound in uh, March of last year, 2022, mm-hmm. and uh, we started on it then. So we went up to the um, the sentencing in San Jose. Uh, we did a, some interviews up there. Uh, and so we've been working on it for over a year by the time it came out. Wow. And it's how many episodes all up? Uh, so it's eight episodes and there's a few bonus episodes. Um, uh, you know, you heard it here first, a few cheeky little bonus episodes coming out after the Great. eight. But yeah, so eight episodes. And yeah, so it took us, you know, I mean, it wasn't the only show that we, we were working on. But yeah, it took us uh, over a year from from first kind of getting our hooks into this uh, this story to uh, getting it to a, to a point where we could 
you know, put it out there. And it's a bit of an international uh, kind of production, I suppose. I mean, there's you, the Aussie. We've got uh, Charlie Webster. Yep. It's an American story. I mean, how did this all sort of come together? Well, so Charlie is, uh, you know, very well-regarded broadcaster and journalist, and and she was sort of brought over by Lionsgate. Uh, to start the Lionsgate Sound uh, studio, I guess, mm. uh, you know, arm division, whatever you want to call it, that was in sort of early 2022, late 2021, um, and then built out a team from there. And I, you know, I happened to have just moved over to the uh, to the US to kind of, you know, give give it a crack over here in LA. And, um, and yeah, it just was sort of, it was like serendipity, I guess. We just sort mm. of connected and, and, yeah, from there. She has got a very sort of BBC-esque yeah. kind of sound, doesn't she? <laughs> Which probably adds yeah. a bit of credibility too, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, my uh, my Bogan voice is not quite, doesn't quite have the same... Uh... <laughs> oh, no, Jules and I both heard your little yeah, cameo. Yeah, you did a little cameo there. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about uh, when, you know, you're creating a show like this. I mean, we talk yep. about a lot of podcasts and, and the amount of work that goes into them and... and you know, something like this where it is a contained uh, series, there's six episodes with the, yep. with the couple of extras. The soundscape's amazing. The quality is incredible. The, the, you know, the research that must have gone into it, the whole production is, is top notch. It must be pretty nervous yeah. when you put it out there then waiting to see if this does get a bit of a response and, and obviously very gratifying when it does. Can you tell us a bit about that and how you promote these sort of things? Yeah, uh, you're right. It is sort of – it's kind of a – it's it's like your baby, right? You put it together and and you you build it the way that you feel it should be built, and you know you're listening to it and you're like, this is great. But it, at the end of the day, you have no control. Once it hits, you know, uh, the feed, you have no control really what happens to it, how people react to it, and and whether it's going to kind of, um, I guess, take off or not. There, you know, we we do do uh, we have a wonderful PR team who, you know, reached out to a number of different uh, places and we were able to get, you know, some coverage there. But ultimately, I think it, honestly, Sherlock Scamander kind of proves to me, as as most podcasts do, is that at the end of the day, if you've got a great story and if you've got a story that people will connect with and you can just kind of put it out there a little bit, people will, people will get on it and they'll tell their friends. And, you know, if it's a story that's great, People connect to it and you don't need, you know, celebrities and you don't need, um, mm. you know, I think there's a sort of a sometimes can be a bit of an attitude that, oh, well, we need a celebrity because, you know, of the, the name value or whatever. But if you've got a great story um, that, that people want to listen to and that you want to listen to when you're putting it together and you go, wow, this is this is great, you know, you don't need any of that. You just need a, a story that people want to connect with. So speaking of story, I mean, this is obviously a hell of a story. I'm reluctant yeah. to sort of say too much, just knowing that some people might not have heard the whole thing and mm. don't want to do kind of yep. any spoilers or anything. But it seems like spoiler was, free. Yeah, <laughs> there were some, uh, I guess, narrative choices that that seem to have been made throughout, which I think is quite interesting mm-hmm. because you know I'm nearly finished it. So the main spoiler alert is for myself. A lot of the stuff I'm I'm carrying through this, and I'm sort of wondering. Is this person actually sick or it's not sort of directly said if she is or isn't early on? It's certainly alluded to something being wrong and, and, you know, you don't have to be a a rocket scientist to look at the title of the show and (laughs) think something might be awry. But, yeah, tell us about some of those narrative choices that were made and and how you came around those. I think with this particular story and, you know, trying to stay as spoiler-free as possible (laughs) – you know, there is a scam element, obviously, but but it's so much more than just a scam. You know, whatever, you know, goes into a, you know, an indictment or whatever it is, um, 
there's so much more surrounding that. And I think the thing with this particular story is it was mostly about the hurt in the communities and the people that were not just scammed out of money. Like, you know, obviously money is one thing, but people who gave their time and their energy yeah. and their love and support yeah. and just those human elements, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I think, you know, the, that's a really important part of the story and, and more important than the money side of it. And secondly, we're not here to pass judgment one way or another. We're here to report the story. And also, uh, I, I think to really feel the impact of it, of what these people who were hurt by it uh, have gone through is you kind of almost need to go on that journey yourself Yeah. Uh, through the podcast. You know, you're almost, you're there with the people as, as they're kind of being hurt, right? And so it, you have a greater understanding, I think, into what that effect is on them rather than, you know, say something where it starts, you know exactly what happens, say, at the start and you kind of go through. Mm. You know, I, I don't know that it necessarily has that same impact. I think particularly for this story, and every story is different, but in this one it was very much about you will feel that more if you go on the journey rather than just knowing up front basically here's how it ends. And, of course, some of those people went on that journey with Amanda for years, yeah. years and years yeah, and years. Exactly. We're doing it for six episodes or seven, eight episodes. But it, it is horrible. And I, I want to ask you, you know, I mean, every time I hear a podcast series like this, I lose a little bit of faith in humanity. <laughs> did you did you struggle with it from that perspective or am I being overly dramatic? <laughs> <laughs> Look, no, you're right. It's a, and it's, a, it's a sentiment that I think a lot of people share with you. Uh, you know, that's kind of the what gets you hooked into it is that the people that we spoke to and the people that that were hurt by this, uh, you know, some of the loveliest people, mm. right? And and they are, you, you know, you just feel so much for them because they're s- such lovely people, you know, and they're people who, mm. and, and I think that's why people are connecting with it is that, you know, this could happen to anybody, right? This mm. could be your neighbour. It, it's mm. not, you know, sometimes there's these stories where they're insane and they're crazy and you're like, well, you know, that that's probably not going to happen to me or it's, it's rare that this happens, but this could this could be the person that you live next door to. Hopefully, it also deters people from doing it in the future as well, because they see the hurt and they, you know, the, mm, the, yeah. that maybe people will have their eyes open a little bit more. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, I think that is a great deterrent, actually. And I think, Mandy, probably the the positive story to take is that people still have a lot of love in their hearts and are willing to, <laughs> you know, get behind someone when good. something happens. Good, good. I'm feeling the love in this room, um, Jackson. <laughs> I just want to ask you, because you're a cinematographer, I know you used to be on the set of Neighbours, Jackson, filming uh, <laughs> the iconic Australian TV Once series. Once upon a time, yes. yes. <laughs> so you are a storyteller that uses different mediums. What is it about yeah. audio storytelling that you find unique and that you enjoy personally? That's a good question. I think the thing with audio is because it's in your ears, it, it's almost more personal and you almost develop a more personal relationship with whoever's speaking in your ears you know I, I find that with radio too it's like you almost you trust people on the radio mm. more than you trust people on the tv you know when you watch a tv show you watch say succession for example and you think this is a great tv show this is awesome i can't wait for more episodes but when you listen to you listen to your favorite chat show you almost feel like you're a part mm. of that conversation right mm. and i feel like that it, it's just so personal in, in in such a way that is so different to everything else that's out there you have responsibility to not i think abuse that but um i think that's why it's so people are so drawn to it mm-hmm. and and you can you know people what sit there and watch tiktok and and their attention spans are sort of um 
diminishing. diminishing. Getting yeah. shorter and shorter and diminishing, yes, and we'll watch TikTok for 15 seconds or whatever, but people will put on a podcast and listen to it for 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes oh, or hell, two hours. Joe Rogan, four hours. <laughs> exactly. It goes to show, right, the power of the medium. I agree. And so neighbours, no time soon, not returning to the set. <laughs> I mean, if they'll have me back, then maybe. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think at the end of the day, being having experience in different mediums uh, kind of helps inform each of them, right? It's like it's just about being a well-rounded storyteller, I think, you know, without getting a bit, you know, too wanky. <laughs> well, you've probably got a fair bit on your plate to actually commit to a return to Ramsey Street. Do you want to tell us a bit about some of the things that are happening with Lionsgate and, and what they're trying to achieve? There's a lot going on at the moment in the Lionsgate uh, sound world. Um, we've got a, a few shows on the on the horizon. I can't say too much, unfortunately, right. but uh, stay tuned. Follow the channel on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Give a bit of a plug-in. We're always looking for great stories and we're always... You know, we've got our, our ear to the ground, I guess, and, and trying to find those things, you know, like Scamander, that uh, that connect with people. I think we better wrap this up now because I know Jules has a meeting to get to and you're all the way over there in LA giving us your precious time <laughs> from your work day, so we appreciate that. Thank you so much and, and congratulations again on the success of Scamander. It is remarkable to see it popping off all over the world. Thanks for having me on. It's been great. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome. Nice to reconnect too, Jackson. We both escaped the uh, evil world of radio. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, right? We might, maybe we'll, uh, we'll do a radio show together one day. Who knows? Never say never. Never say never. Exactly. Thank you so much, Jackson. Great to chat. Thanks, Jackson. See you, mate. Thanks, guys. Okay, well, that's us for another week. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Thanks, Jules. It's been fun. If people want to find us on Instagram, where do they go? Behind underscore the underscore podcast. <laughs>